Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, let's get ready to... And I'm Jashima. Are you ready to mumble? Always. Okay. Well, you, this is, you're on the first episode of Get Ready to Mumble. I'm honored. Privileged, really. I mean, I think it makes sense, though. Naturally, I am your better half, your partner in crime. Uh-huh. Yeah. We do, we run a business together. It's true. It's called Ode. Um, before that, though, we're also really close friends. Also true. I consider you to be one of my bridesmaids. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to, but her expectations. Okay, well, okay. All right, we're not, we'll ignore that. So why don't we start with uh, just how we met, and then we can talk about why we decided to start a business together. How we met. And this here starts like every other story with brown men that were late to something. Uh, Shoshana and I both loved film and were early in learning what that meant for us, specifically me. So a friend introduced me to someone who wanted an assistant director and needed a DOP and knew that we would do it for free. Yep. Um, and so she and I arrived on time at this coffee shop to shoot and they arrived 47 minutes later. And we realized we really like each other. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. We hit it off really quick um, because, I mean, yeah, in that in that time that we were waiting for them and then also just like through that whole day and the subsequent filmings that we did, um, we had a lot of different conversations, which, I mean, I think anybody who meets you can say that, it, you know, it's very easy to, to, to talk to you and, you know, you don't know where you'll end up, <laughs> but that's, you know, the fun of it. So that was back, that was summer of 2018. It's now 2022. So we've been friends for four years and we started our business in March of 2020. So we had only known each other for a year and a half. Yeah, not very long. Before we decided. But it didn't feel that way. But it didn't feel that way, exactly, which was the point that I was going to make, that when I think about it, it it's kind of feels absurd that like it's only been <laughs> four years. And I don't think I've ever consciously had that thought until just now. Oh, I've thought about it. <laughs> I think it's incredible and also just a testament to like how well we mesh together that like from that first day that we met, we very quickly went to like hanging out every single week. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, you're coming over, right? And she was like, yeah, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I'll see you next Friday and next Thursday right. and the day after that. Yeah. And you came onto my gala that year, and then we co-produced the third one together. And I think that's how a lot of things went after that first meeting. We yeah. constantly wanted to create together, right. and that became what our friendship was. Exactly. It was making things. Right. So, yeah, so I guess it was, you know, 
when when you called me <laughs> and I did call you yes in in March of 2020 this is pre this the shutdown had not happened yet nine days nine days before the world shut down well New York hadn't but India already was <laughs> um and so you were freaking out a little bit about that because yeah you were managing Avanti and there was you know of a lot of, of programs. I mean, you can talk about it. Yeah, effectively, I think I had just dipped my toes into artist management, and you and I both loved writing and photojournalism and video journalism, and we were really passionate about telling immigrant stories, and I didn't know what that looked like for me yet as a medium formally, but we were doing it all the time, mostly not getting paid for it, a little bit sometimes getting paid for it, but we were consulting, and Eventually, all of that journalism and show produce, production and galas and what have you led me to realizing that being able to manage artists that don't have resources to language around media was what I really, really cared about while I was figuring out how I wanted to tell my own story. And so I said yes to managing Avanti, which is a great story for a different day because she basically asked me every week for six months and could see things in me that maybe I couldn't see in myself. And then I flew to India in January 2020 and signed a bunch of clients that wanted to do brand strategy in North America and understand how to go to market there and vice versa. And then at the end of February, that phone started ringing and it was hot. And it was like, I don't know, there's this thing happening in the East and it doesn't seem like we're going to travel for the next few months. And I was like, surely this means weeks, right? And then it did not mean weeks. No. And one call turned into three calls, turned into six calls. And then on the seventh call, I was like, well, that was just my money and my life plan for the next 2.5 years. Yeah. And then I applied to jobs. And I applied to jobs. That was the first time I was applying in maybe like six, seven years. Um, and I was applying to jobs at places where I had friends and could have asked for a referral or put together a beautiful portfolio. And I didn't do that. I was turning in things that I wouldn't want to look at. And I think a lot of that was knowing that I didn't want to work for someone yeah. else right now or for a conglomerate. And so I was like, I have this much money and I can survive in New York in this current lifestyle on this much money for 70 days. Right. And so I had just had this conversation with what would become our first client. And he and I were chatting for a few months and he wanted us to rebrand his restaurant and help him tell the story of this two-generation restaurant conglomerate him and his dad had built and how they've survived different things like 9-11 and what would be a pandemic. And so I called the only person I knew that had the strengths that were my weaknesses and vice versa. And I had a whole business plan for you. My mom saw it. I had like 10 slides and I was like, this is going to be the ROI. This is why I think I'm worth it. And I think I was like, hey, Shoshana, don't quit your full-time job, but I'm going to make this my whole life. Will you start a company with me? And you were like, yeah, I'm busy. Can we go to the bank next week? And then you hung up. Yeah. And I started laughing and then crying, like tears of joy. But my family was like, did you expect her to react that way? And I was like, yes, because everything I know about you is that you've made me believe that things are possible and simple and easy because we don't operate on formalities or having a business relationship we just have really good communication skills with each other yeah. and with everybody our clients included so I wasn't surprised because you've always been the person that's like oh I want to make a film I have no money in fact I want to make a film I have debt 
So it's okay. I'm going to figure out how to make that movie yeah. and pay everybody. And I want to travel the world. I'm going to figure out how to do that. And so I was like, I want to start a company. She's going to help me figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard you tell that story a few times. And I don't think I've told you what it was like for me to receive that call from you. And yes, very true. I'm, I'm very much a, you know, don't believe in, in, in the word impossible. I, I always like to, to find a way. When you asked me to do the company together, I was actually incredibly grateful to you for asking me and coming to me with that opportunity because I don't think I would have actually ever taken that step if you hadn't asked. <laughs> I don't think this is the first time I'm ever hearing this. Yeah. Podcasts are great. So, yeah, I was, yes, I was very, yeah, I did the Shushana thing where I was like. <laughs> She's like, all right, but peace. I was like, um, yes, great. Um, but in my head, I was like, I was really excited. And I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be like, you know, I love building things. I love building things with people. Um, and yeah, and of course you and I had already worked on several projects together. And so I knew that we worked well together. I think the, the, the voice in the back of my head was like, ooh, working with friends though. <laughs> like, like this is like taking that to like a whole nother level. Yeah, um, being legally liable liable for things with friends yeah legally and financially liable <laughs> mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's i i did say yes very quickly for sure you without looking at a business deck <laughs> without knowing what our business model was actually gonna be um but i was in it i knew that we would figure it out i knew that we would both respect each other's opinions and that you know we would be able to mold this company you know, with, with both of our perspectives. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, you know, the fundamental ethos of Ode is that we serve underrepresented, predominantly children of immigrant brands, businesses, and artists, and we take a lived experience meets data approach, which was our way of saying there's certain things that Nielsen or a firm or an agency are never gonna be able to aggregate about how our communities grew up or what makes us move a certain way or the media that we care about. You have to have lived it. And so if there's a barrier to entry for the people who have lived it to get into those rooms and have those conversations, there's immediately a lack of divestment or funding being allocated into creating whatever representation means. And that's why I think we're in the era of lack of inclusion. That's a tangent. <laughs> but all of this to say, a lot of the communities Shushana and I come from didn't formalize things. And so you would find kids with parents who have these immensely successful grassroots businesses, but they didn't file their taxes or their employees got laid off and they didn't have health insurance and they were in lawsuits all the time because brown people love to sue each other randomly or threaten to sue each other randomly. We know something um, about that. Which, <laughs> but I knew that I couldn't build something if I wasn't going to do it right. And I couldn't help other people thrive in a system if I hadn't lived through that system myself in the same capacity I'm telling a small business that they should. And she was the only person where I was like, on our worst day, we will never do anyone dirty. Yeah. And I think by that point, I was super traumatized 
from the environments I had worked in because they were ethically and morally horrific to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know who else is going to pay for workers' comp insurance with me before we pay ourselves, but I think she might. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a very by-the-book person. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we are. (laughs) For, I think... One of the reasons why we do work, though, is is because of the fact that we have a solid friendship. And I think, at least in my head, the way that I've always viewed it is that you are my friend per- first, business partner second. Yeah. Um, and so um, I've definitely have, and I honestly, like, there are certain processes I put in place. Like, when you were like, oh, let's, like, do everything on Slack. I was like, yes, please. Like, let's please, like, separate our work communication. Yeah. And we do. So that our personal text messages are just personal. And we're both very operations-oriented. Yeah. So I think that's why we work, because I could just never do operations for yeah. myself, but I do it for all our clients, and she does it for us. Yeah. And so, like, I think that in and of itself just... Because obviously, like, yeah, we can talk about work all day long. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we also need to talk about, like, we need to make time for our friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and being whole people with each other. Right. Which is, you know, I think we're, we're pretty good at, like, you know, if we have, like, a really long, like, work catch up, we still, like, are like, okay, so, like, can we talk about personal <laughs> things now? We're like, okay, clocks up. <laughs> like, yeah, like, whatever. But I think you were really influential for me in that way because on paper, this is my full-time and one of your full-times, yeah. right? And and this is like seven jobs. Yeah. So we both have seven jobs. Yeah. Um, but it became like my whole life was yeah. proving that we need to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. So like, I need to do this all the time. And I think like you did in our friendship, you showed me that if I grant myself the grace of humanity, I will also grant myself the opportunity to invite success financially, mm-hmm morally and I wouldn't have been able to see that if I didn't have someone that was always on the other side of that phone being like you're too good for this or we should ask for more you're allowed to have a life right I remember when clients don't like me I always be asking for more money (laughs) no listen they like her she's just y'all know Shushana or you will after (laughs) listening to this podcast um but I remember a few months ago when I got into a relationship and then also yeah. got out of that relationship. Yeah. But I remember saying to Shushana, I think I really like this person. And I hadn't felt that way in some time. And then there was a day where I texted her and I said, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe I should be working. Like, is it silly yeah. to be traveling to see somebody? Bro, I almost threw my like, phone when I read that message. And I was like, but I could be at this thing doing... She was like are you insane? I don't want to see your ass that much. Please go be in a relationship. And in the same way she reacted to that is how she reacts to everything. When I'm like, hey, this client doesn't make me feel good or I don't think that this is the right thing or I have an idea. Like last year we switched our entire business model and I had another deck and she was like, no, you just love this and that's enough for me because we'll figure out the rest. And so, Yeah. yeah, I think we've always been first and foremost, friends, like, family. Yeah. And then business partners. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, you know this, like, mental well-being is, like, critical to me. Yeah. And foreign to both of us. <laughs> I I just, I grew up so unhappy. 
that like you know when it for me whenever it's come to like my professional life I'm just like I cannot like if I'm gonna be working for like most of my time like I cannot be in a in, a, in an environment or like doing things that I don't like because then then like then my whole life just becomes unsurmountably like unhappy and then who are we really serving and I think at least for me I don't know about you but the first time I was conscious of how proud I am of yeah. how you and I choose to do things was when we hired Brunel mm. because Brunel works on artist development at our hi, company Brunel. hi B and and she works in a different country and the the conditions of working in music there had dehumanized her so much and the general work culture there dehumanizes people because they're replaceable, right? And so I remember in the very beginning, she, because in India, people call you incessantly. <laughs> they think it's like their right to have access to your phone number and your time. And that's not a fault of theirs. It's a structural issue. But I had said to her, hey, if we lose a brand deal for one of our artists or something doesn't happen because I told you to ask for details first and schedule a call, then we will give you that money. And we didn't have it. We had something literally one day, like 560 some odd dollars in our bank account. There was no money to give her. But that didn't happen, obviously. But she learned how to be a whole person whose time was valued. And despite her now being one of my closest friends and friendlier with you, I think she now feels like she's allowed to have a whole life. And that's yeah. not odds with having a job that she also loves. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of guilt, even for me, that I'm unpacking, that I have a career that I love. And I can still have that and still be entitled to a whole human life full of other things. Mm -hmm. And so that made me really proud of us last year when she felt like she could be this whole human Mm -hmm. that loved what she did and knew she would be respected. We Mm -hmm. all disagree often. But we've cultivated this culture of family. All our musicians talk to each other. They nurture each other. They support each other. We've been able to hire our friends, Mm -hmm. which has been a huge goal of mine and yours for a very long time. Um, So I I don't know where I was going with this. But, yeah, I just think it's really fly that we're, like, emotionally well, kind of. And, you know, the rest will figure itself out. No, I agree. I think for for both of us, you know, we're, we're very ambitious people. And we have very big... That's a very generous way to put it. Very big goal. <laughs> um, and so, like, like it's very naturally work becomes our life um, because we have so much that we want to achieve. And we do enjoy working. That's true. You know, it's not, it's not a thing that, you know, that we dread. But I think, I think yeah, to your point about, like, having a whole life and like yeah. understanding that like there's other like things <laughs> that like we need to do outside of just work in order to like feel joy at its fullest. Yeah, and to do them both together and separately. Yeah. Because I think we live in an era that promotes boundaries, which is yeah. amazing. But I think sometimes boundaries are used as a scapegoat of having good communication skills. Yeah. And I think fundamentally all you and I want every day is to go to bed knowing we didn't treat anybody unethically, worked on things we care about, and hopefully some of that paid us. And that's a really good day. And so every day for the last two and a half years with you, and I'm sure for the rest of my life, continues to be the best day even when it's the worst day. 
And even when it's the most exhausting day, it's the most rewarding day because it's a choice. Yeah. Right? I could be kicking rocks in corporate. Or maybe it would be amazing. I don't know, right? But it doesn't matter how broke or how many times you've not paid yourself so I could pay my rent or the things we do. (laughs) Because there's many things that belong in another episode, maybe, that we do to make our worlds go round. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I think that's because I get to work with one of my best friends every day. And on that note, that is the end of this episode. See you next time. This episode is not sponsored by Ode. Because <laughs> we're too broke to sponsor it. <laughs> Rate, comment, like, subscribe. Or hire us. Peace. <laughs>